The Courage to Lead, episode 125. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Kristen Ostrander. Kristen Ostrander is an author, serial entrepreneur, speaker, podcaster, and e-commerce expert. She founded Mommy Income and hosts a weekly podcast, The Amazon Files, where she helps others start and grow businesses online. Her grit, hard work, and business savvy have changed her life in ways she never thought possible from the emotional low of foreclosure to scaling a seven-figure business while starting another, she's determined to make an impact in the lives of others by sharing what she's learned along the way. With her new book, Dream Big, Step Small, she hopes to inspire women all over the world to find their purpose, follow their dreams, and take small steps to get everything they ever wanted. Kristen, welcome to the show. Why? Well, thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me here. I'd love to be a part of this. Well, this is awesome. I've been looking forward to uh, to have you on. We, we talked months ago, and I'm glad we could finally get this scheduled and stuff. Your book, Dream Big, Step Small. I love that title because that's, that's sage advice for almost any entrepreneur. For sure. For sure. I think that's really just how I have come to, you know, a lot of people have asked, they see successes and they're like, oh, how'd you do it? And they think there's some of this big grand formula where you step from here to there. But honestly, it's just a lot of really small steps that add up to, you know, consistent results. And so I really wanted to put that in book format. I'm very practical. I'm very tough love kind of person, um, but also a lot of fun. So I think it uh, combines that into all into one. No, that's awesome. Because I, you know, a lot of your videos, you talk about, hey, don't expect you're going to hit it out of the park first time out. You know, Absolutely. you have to do it, do things consistently, do it right, right? Absolutely, Perfect. of course. All right. Well, we're going to come back and talk about all that, how you got your start. Uh, talk about the the trials and tribulations you had to go through to to make things happen. Uh, we're going to talk about mommy income. We're going to talk about your podcast. We're going to talk about your book. So much to cover. Um, but before we get started. I have 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Uh, listeners are familiar with these questions. They're the same questions that uh, are asked on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're more than good enough for my guests. So, Kristen, if you're ready, 10 questions for you. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Yet. My favorite word is Yet because it really is, I haven't done this yet, or I haven't won that championship yet, or I haven't tried that yet. Nice. So it's hopeful. That's good. Yes. All right. Deep. Uh, What is your least favorite word? Mediocre. I don't know if you want explanations for this or not. I always have a brief explanation, but that's something I've always never wanted to be. I thought I would rather be dead last than just mediocre or first rather than mediocre, but it's such a word that's got such yuck to me. I don't, I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be great or terrible, but somewhere in the middle just doesn't, doesn't work for me. That's perfect. All right. What turns you on? Oh my, (laughs) that could be lots of things. No, um, I, I get I like the littlest bit of adventure. So anything that's new makes me curious, makes me excited, um, definitely um, tickles my fancy. Anything that's colorful and bold and brave, um, those are all the things that I love to explore. 
Very cool. What turns you off? <sighs> Negativity and people that constantly worry and complain about everything around them. Absolutely. Um, what sound or noise do you love? The ocean, ocean waves, or even here in, in, big, in Lake Michigan sounds a lot like the ocean. When oh the yeah. Is blowing as well. I love, I love water and uh, the sound of the ocean. Very cool. What sound or noise do you hate? Anything continually repetitive over and over, high-pitched beeping or clicking of a pen, <laughs> um, things like that. Just, oh, I can't, can't do it. Very cool. Um, what is your favorite curse word? <laughs> I tend to lead towards the F word when I'm okay. really upset. It just seems to be the catch-all for everything frustrating. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the most popular. Um, I should put out, uh, yeah, the most popular curse words. Um, what, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, I would love to be a dive bar lead of a cover band. <laughs> nice. Very cool. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Accounting, <laughs> bookkeeping, taxes. That is almost as popular as the F-bomb. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Bill collector, garbage man. Yeah. <laughs> we could go on and on. We could go on. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> what, what I think I would love to hear him say or what I think he's going to say. <laughs> oh, that could be a whole another podcast. Um, how about just well done, good and faithful servant? Perfect. Good job. All right. Like I said, we're going to come back, talk about how you got your start. Um, Talk about some of the things you were going through when you first created your business, Mommy Income. Talk about your podcast. Talk about your book. And at some transition point, we're going to talk about courage and leadership. All right. Awesome. Okay. All fun Listeners, topics. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners will be on uh, right back after these messages. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Kristen Ostrander. Kristen, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this. Um, just because I watched your videos and you were just, you're fun in every one of your videos. It's great. So I think this is going to be a, a good uh, a good episode. So tell me how you got your start. Where did you start off? So by necessity, I was married very young to my husband, and um, we had a child within a year of being married. And I was young, I literally 18. So uh, I was in college doing that. But as I had a kid, I realized I really wanted to stay home with my family and figure out a way to make money with that. He's in commercial construction. So that was always like a feast or famine here in Michigan. You're either working a ton or you're not working at all. Yeah. And so income was a necessity. And after doing the ships passing in the night, he worked the day shift. I worked a night shift, not really seeing each other. I was like, this isn't going to work for me. I was like, let's, let's be a family and still figure out how to do that. So I discovered 
um, reselling on eBay, kind of after I've seen, I was pitched to by a lot of direct sales, you know, Mary Kay, Pampered Chef, that sort of thing, which yeah. is all great for the people who love that, but it wasn't going to be a fit for me. Uh, and so I discovered reselling on eBay, which was a great fit. I've always been very uh, kind of a hustler, a little bit of a frugal, how much can I get for my money type thing. So mm. I felt like reselling was really an easy fit and something I could do from home. Now, this is way back 2003. So okay. I'm a little bit of an OG when it comes to um, <laughs> e-commerce and selling online. Um, and from there really grew uh, my passion for reselling and it also fit perfectly with the lifestyle I was trying to lead. Nice. And then you had some struggles. Well, kind of yes, you. definitely yeah. had some struggles. So over time, moving from eBay and then eventually to Amazon, when Amazon became more of a bigger thing, a lot of people didn't realize that third-party sellers or or uh, resellers could sell on Amazon as well. Yeah. So I started with that um, in 2008 and just kept growing that. And my family was growing along the way. So as I was growing, this it was a little business. Remember, I'm a stay-at-home mom with at this point to be like almost I had two children for a long time, and then we had another one in 2010. There's a little bit of an eight-year gap there. Um, and remembering that that most of my, my thing was just putting a little bit of extra money on the table. I wasn't necessarily looking to build some grand business, mm -hmm. just trying to prevent myself from going into some sort of corporate world. <laughs> like yeah. I wanted to be at home. So I had to be flexible in income. And of course, as I my older kids started going to school and before I had my other one, I really started to dig into business and say, okay, maybe I can make this a real thing as, as I have a little bit more time when they were going off to school. And and so um, as I was doing that, then I had a third child, but a week after she was born, um, my husband came home with a almost career ending injury. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we had no income. And most people think you get hurt at work, you get workers comp, right? Right. That's what <laughs> that you think. That, yeah. that, yeah, that's what we assumed. We're like, okay, it's yeah. going to be fine. Well, he recovers and has surgery and goes through a year or more of physical therapy to try to get his shoulder back to um, functioning. Um, we lost everything. We lost our house. We couldn't, we couldn't, uh, my business was okay. It was about enough to buy groceries and gas, but not enough for a whole household of five. Wow. So as we were continuing to build that, had a little bit, we lost our home to foreclosure. We mounted thousands and thousands of dollars in debt from uh, medical expenses and just general living. We were living off, you know, credit cards to just feed the family. Um, and so, yeah, we hit some, definitely hit some roadblocks along the way. Wow. But you were able to overcome those and build your business slowly over time, right? Indeed. So during that time, my business was was doing great, um, but it, it wasn't quite enough to be a full household income. And so that's really what we focused on while my husband was home. Mm -hmm. He did his best to help me. He would hold the baby in one arm and he'd be one finger typing with the other, just trying to help both of us get the business keep it from failing yeah. while all these other problems are going on. But as we recovered and he went back to work and I was able to kind of full on go into the business now with three children and just all these different things, um, we definitely, we grew it. And I, I grew nice. it to the point where now it is our full-time uh, income. And on top of that, I started mommy income. So that's mommy income. Yeah. Business. Tell me, tell me about mommy income. So as I was finding success on Amazon and I was building my store and learning the ins and outs of, of selling online, 
um, I, there's Facebook groups were starting. This was probably 2012, 2013 yeah. and Facebook groups were really starting to be up and coming every topic, every information, there was all these groups and I was invited to do a live show. Um, it was just live streaming show in 2014 about Amazon and my expertise. Well, uh, that lit a fire under me that I actually had the ability to teach and speak on some of the things I knew. And, uh, they invited me there. They invited me back and people came out of the woodwork going, can you do your own show? We just want to hear from you and you have more to tell and, and you know tell us more and that sparked the idea of um maybe i could host my own show or my own nice. podcast and teach people how to do this amazon thing that i seem to be pretty good at and so mommy income was born from that experience that is awesome and now you're traveling all over teaching classes right yeah, we do uh, nationwide workshops and they coincide with trade shows so that people and new beginners and even people that are seasoned uh, can learn how to source products from legitimate places to create their own products to um, the sky is a limit when it comes to those places. So teaching workshops and the special way I do Amazon, because there's tons of ways to do Amazon, but how I do it is, is kind of my own thing. And because of that, I, that's how I found the success that I found rather than just kind of following everybody else's methods. I incorporated a lot of that and kind of made my own thing to fit sure. for me. And now that's fitting for a lot of other people as well. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. A lot of people have this concept that if you see something for sale on Amazon, it's a brick and mortar store that they're buying from, but that's not necessarily the case. Right. So if you go to your Amazon, either on your phone or desktop or whatever, and you see, it says, um, you know, sold by, so it's a really small print at the bottom somewhere. Cause even if you're Amazon prime, which that's what, what, what I teach people to do is use the FBA program. So although Amazon is fulfilling and shipping all of my products, you may not know, unless you're looking at the bottom is that it says sold and shipped by, you know, Kristen's favorite things or, or what somebody else's. But when you're doing that, you're actually supporting a small business, somebody probably in someone's home somewhere, um, out of their garage, or maybe a small warehouse, they are, um, shipping products to Amazon and then making them available for customers. So yeah, nice. keep supporting Amazon because you're actually supporting, <laughs> supporting a ton of small businesses. A ton of small businesses. And what exactly is FBA? FBA is fulfillment by Amazon. So here's a, like a very small snapshot of how this works. I source products from multiple places, countries, overseas, here and there. And either I or my prep facility um, prepares that inventory for Amazon's warehouse. They have to have a certain packaging, certain stickers so that they know who to pay. Mm -hmm. So all of my inventory I order, I send it to my prep facility. They prepare it for Amazon and ship it to Amazon all at once. So instead of individual fulfillment of orders from me to you directly, I send them all to Amazon's warehouse and then they qualify for Amazon Prime. So Amazon fulfills that item for me, guarantees two-day shipments to whoever in the world, and I get the lion's share of the uh, profit from that. So I don't have to fill individual orders. I don't have to deal with customer service directly and things Returns like that. Returns so yes, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they make nice. that so efficient. So I'm not, you know, peddling orders out of my house every single day or a store or a warehouse. Nice. Yeah. Cause in the old days, I mean, you sat in front of the TV, stuffing envelopes, you know, putting things in a box, sealing it up and everything like that. Now Amazon does all that for you. They've got the efficiencies to take care of that. Absolutely. And it's, it Very makes cool. it, uh, lo we're location free. So, so location freedom is something that also comes with this because my mom currently is in Texas visiting my little sister and some of her grandbabies, and she's doing her portion of the work from there. And I'm doing my portion of the work nice. from here in Michigan. And it's a, a beautiful thing. That is awesome. Yeah. My wife and I have decided we're going digital nomads. So starting March 1st, we're on the road and uh, we can do everything 
as long as we have an internet connection. So why not do it from the beach or the mountains or wherever? So exactly. Love that. Um, and so the Amazon files, your, your podcast, um, again, great information, helping people who want to start their business and, and how to do things. Tell me a little bit about how that got started. Well, I, I, since 2014, I had been doing a live show, um, once a week for since then. I mean, I really haven't taken a whole lot of time off. I'm very consistent in my content because things are always changing. So people yeah. need the information and I moved it from a live show to more of a podcast format, probably in 2017 or so, and have been doing it ever since it's really, whether it's beginners or advanced, um, I talk, I, I interview experts, but it's still like a, it's more of a 50, 50 show of me giving the updates, things people need to be aware of. And also a lot of, uh, mindset things, although it's some people call it, and here's my air quotes, right. Of like okay. just an Amazon store or a little side <laughs> hustle. It's a real business and you yeah. have to be an entrepreneur in order to make all of this work. And I think a lot of people, um, need that extra information and just extra mindset work that you need to do to be an entrepreneur. Cause there's no boss telling me, Hey, Kristen, you've got to sit down and do this feedback stuff today and order product. I mean, you have to be able to, yeah. to it, be hungry enough to work for what you're, you're wanting. Yeah. And it, it's not for everyone. So people need those mindset things. So that's definitely in there as well. It's not just how to Amazon everything. It's just, it's pretty well-rounded as far as all the things that we need to listen to and hear and absorb for being uh, business owners. Yeah. It, and it is a business just like any other, you know, brick and mortar business. You have to have a business plan. You have to know exactly what you need to do. You have to be managing your own time efficiently. So yeah. So, and not asking you to give away any trade secrets or anything like that, but um, if I wanted to start a business, how do I go about finding products? What do you, when you're working with people, is it, you tell them to go with whatever they're uh, like, I'm a big Jeep guy. Um, I love the outdoors. Would I start with things that I like and do that? Or, or do you direct people to, you know, like this, these devices or these things are, are better for sale? How do you, how do you do that? So I love that you asked that question in that way, because um, I actually created a specific research process for the business model that I teach, and it's called wholesale bundling or wholesale bundles. Okay. And my wholesale bundle system, the step, the first step um, that you're talking about in this 12 step research process is first and foremost, starting with things that you know, starting th with things that you're familiar with, because the reality about choosing which products to sell, although this is an opposing viewpoint, so I'm just putting it out there and I've been bashed or, or debated with other uh, e-commerce experts in the area. Um, but a lot of people just start with data and widgets and software. And they say, what is going to bring me the most um, profit in the moment, according right. to AI, according to data, according to, you know, if it's iPhone cases, then I want to find the biggest, baddest iPhone case, sell that, you know, those sort of things to where my approach is different. It starts with a customer. It starts with a need or a problem or a desire that a customer has, because if you can fill that with a product, then you're in business and you're going to get all the gold to where anybody can look at data and widgets and numbers and say, you know, for six months, I can make really good money on this brand new iPhone case, but then it will be saturated the in and out quick yeah. stuff. So where I operate more on first and foremost, customer service and customer, not just service, but thinking about the customer before you just go pick products out of a catalog and hope they'll do well. What is the need that the customer has or the desire they're nice. trying to fill or the problem they're trying to solve with a product and then bringing the product to them in light of that problem. 
And nice. so that's a different approach to where I can do it with any catalog, any product, anywhere, anytime, if I understand the customer and I understand mm -hmm. their need or their problem. So that's my first approach. And that's really helpful when you start with something that you're already familiar with, like your Jeeps, for example. Mm -hmm. If you're, um, I know that the Jeep culture can, is a whole culture. It's, it's like a huge. whole thing. Yeah, if you're yeah. a Jeeper, I don't know what you guys are called. but No, Jeeper is perfect. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah. if you're a Jeeper, you understand um, the, you know, you're, you might be driving in the desert for a long period of time. Time. And you, know, you might need some camping gear or some hunting gear and, or, you know, um, hiking, I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, you need stuff for your Jeep. There's going to be great exer exercises and accessories for what you're doing. So, you know, the culture, you know, the needs, and you also know the problems. You also know that I wish I had XYZ mm -hmm. while I'm out doing Jeep things. So because of that, it really, really is helpful to start with something you're passionate about or something that you're into or something you know about or not. Like when my dad was going through cancer, um, I was discovering all kinds of new problems and issues that I needed products for because I hadn't walked down that road before. And so whether you like it or not, you're a little bit more familiar with that. And then creating cancer care packages were a lot easier for me nice. once I understood what the needs of somebody going through chemo, what, what, the, what their needs are, what their struggles are, what they have. So that's definitely some of the secret sauce of really just awesome. understanding the needs of your customers, because then finding products isn't hard and finding products. Once you kind of know what you're, mm -hmm. you're thinking about selling. Um, that's why I do trade show walkthroughs. There's thousands and thousands of vendors waiting and willing to sell products of all kinds and trade shows all over the world on a regular basis. So you just have to know exactly how to go and find them. And it's, it's actually free for, for most people don't realize finding product is absolutely free. Very cool. No, and it is just like a business. I'm working with my clients telling them you have to have that good uh, image of your customer avatar. Who are they? Where are they? What do they like? What do they dislike? What do they want? What do they need? And then find something that helps that. And if you can answer that need, then yeah, you've got a, you've got a customer for life. That's perfect. Um, but then finding products, you say you, you find them, whether they're uh, from overseas or locally, are there, are there specific sites you go to, to look for things or how do you do that? So one of the places I like to lead people to is one of the big, you know, and of course it depends on the type of product that you're looking for, but looking for a specific trade shows that have, you know, products you're looking for. So if you're looking for, you know, maybe Jeep accessories or, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, you would go to maybe the outdoor um, hunting, fishing, camping trade show, where you're looking okay. for products that are meeting those types of needs. Or we just got back from Atlanta, which is uh, mm -hmm. where America's Mart has their huge, um, market and gift show every beginning of January. And there's many of those there's Dallas and LA and Vegas and New York and all, all over the place. They have these different trade shows and it's free to register on their website. So go to their website and register as a buyer. And then you have access to a database that said, if you want, if you're looking for, let's say stationary, you can type stationary into their search and it brings you all of the, the vendors that sell stationary. And you can start looking at those vendors, what they offer and how to find them. So, nice. um, if you already have products in mind that you want to sell, or if you're one of those, that's just like, I have no idea. I don't have any passions. I don't have any hobbies. I don't know where to start. You can start there. And with my research process, you can actually just close your eyes, point to a product and start the research process there. Now, yes, this is longer than, you know, maybe some software out there, which I'm still a software user and mm -hmm. things like that, but there's a time and a place for all of those. And if you start there, you're, you're mostly just going to get caught up in the, what I call the hamster wheel of 
of every three months, you have to constantly change your products and update them because the market gets saturated. You're working a volume game to where when it's product-based, you've got volume or margin and you have to mix between the two. And I like to sell less items at a higher profit margin rather than just pushing a ton of volume and making pennies on the dollar and being cutthroat competitive. I like to hang out where there's not as much competition and there's a lot sure. more margin. It just takes more upfront work with them, which I'm happy with. Yeah. A lot more research, but once you find it, you're in. Um, do you have to buy in bulk? Do you have to buy in, in large volume to get that? Or can you, can you do it with smaller quantities? Like if I'm starting a, a business, a business shop, do I go out and buy thousands of these products or do you start small? No, of course we start small. There's tons of wholesalers. Of course, if you're, if you're having something custom made or imported, say from Alibaba is a great mm -hmm. place to find items that you might want to customize or buying more in bulk. Um, and that would be more for when you're ready to know that you can sell all of those and have somewhere to keep them. If you're making anything custom, um, you're either going to pay more upfront to have a little bit of it made, or you're going to pay a little bit more depending on if it's um, nationally or internationally sourced. So there's always, a, it depends there, but I also pride myself on my research system being what I call, I used to call poor man's private label, right? So when I first started and I wanted to get into poor private label products, basically your own brand, your own custom thing is like the top of the food chain, right? So I kind of wanted to jump from the bottom of the food chain to the top, but doesn't everybody want to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, the problem I found was the top of the food chain was very expensive. I was going to have to tie up around $15,000 for approximately a year before I could even make money on products like that wow. between samples and shipping and back and forth internationally. And then paying up front for some of that, having it shipped, you know, and all those problems, that's approximately the average private label wow. product cost and or timeline, which I had none of. <laughs> and wow. so I was like, yeah. well, how do I do this at a smaller scale and see if it works for me before I jump? jump into thousands of dollars of a private label product. So that's where wholesale bundling came up. I took up wholesale products that were already available to me that I could order even 12 or 15 units at a time rather than 12 or $15,000 worth. Um, and so there's many, many wholesalers and distributors and vendors that uh, have no minimum order requirements. So it's about you putting it together, um, putting a couple products together that make sense um, with each other and then doing it that way instead of reinventing the wheel and having it to cost a lot of time and energy. Interesting. Okay. So bundling, you're actually putting like or similar products or products that you would use together. Absolutely. Right. So let me give you a nice. great example. Uh, a great example of a good bundle would be like, okay, my daughter wanted to wanted a ukulele for Christmas. And I don't know anything about ukuleles. My son plays guitar and he has all the things for all the guitars. But with ukulele, I thought, don't you just need the little ukulele? Well, no, apparently they have cases, they have picks, they have tuners, they have even mini little straps that go with these ukuleles and they sell nice. them in 25 different colors. Who knew? Um, so I went to Amazon looking for a ukulele and I found one that came with a, a protective case and two picks and a tuner and a strap. And did I know if my daughter needed all those? No, but it made me as the buyer just add that to the cart because I didn't have to look for accessories separately, all that kind of stuff. So that's a great example of using a ukulele as something to solve my problem. I was buying a gift for someone and then putting all the extras in there um, so that I didn't have to shop around for all those things as well. So that would be something that's highly complimentary. And again, these people didn't reinvent the wheel. They didn't go yeah. make 
a new ukulele. They just made a package that was very convenient for customers to buy with one click. It saves them time. It creates variety and it creates speed. That's usually what the customer thinks with the with an extra uh, extra cool. few dollars. Absolutely, very cool. Are there are there uh, product groups or or silos or something to stay out of that that you warn your people uh, against yes. going into? Great question. Um, I would always stay clear in the beginning uh, with anything that's ingestible or topical. Okay. Um, a lot of people want to uh, make their own shampoo brands, which is great. And I, I'm all for private label brands, but the liability insurance, you must like double or triple mm. it because um, if one person gets a rash and decides to sue you because your formula isn't quite right, or you didn't list allergens and someone, uh, you know, Lord, you know, I hope it doesn't die from it, but it's possible <laughs> if somebody's rubbing lotion on their face and then they get all, you know, all the, the case may be. So anything that's ingestible or topical, it goes on the body, on the skin. Um, I would definitely avoid those things. A lot of people do really well with grocery items on Amazon, which is fine. Really? Um, okay. As long as you pay attention to uh, expiration dates, because Amazon will not do that for you. And if uh. you then somebody, you know, it, it's just a lot of liability with those things. So yeah. uh, I choose to steer clear of those, but there's the sky's the limit for all the different things. I have clients who sell um, swimming pool kits all the way to car part accessories, all the way to baby items, to beard oil, to their own raspberry jam. So wow. it does, if you can buy it on Amazon, you can sell it on Amazon. And awesome. it's just a matter of how you curate your bundle in a way that really meets that customer need. Very cool. And then, so the classes you teach that you take them through the entire process, right? To get their ideas in mind of what product they want to sell, where to go to source it, how to price it, how to label, or, or even, even some of the ads that you see on, on Amazon, you read the little blurb and it's like, wow, this seems like the greatest product ever. And then others you read and it's like, it's pink and it's this, and it's like, well, that's not helpful, right? You right. teach them how to do all of that. Yeah. So in, nice. in the wholesale bundle system, anywhere from creating your own brand, if that's something that you really want to do. And, you know, there's a difference between creating a brand for Amazon and a brand that you're going to go put on the shelves at Target. You know, there's definitely some, some steps in between that we can go from here to there. But in general, generally speaking, people create their own brand, their Amazon brand. And then on Amazon, then they can put their different things in different brands. So everything from there to actually writing the listing, which is considered your ad ad spot, right. For your, for your um, particular product. So writing the listing, using the keywords, using the software, um, getting into the Amazon algorithm, which they never disclose to anyone. It's just our best guesses when it comes to having the experience of going through here and all the software companies that have them. I have my favorites, but um, yeah, all of the whole process from beginning to end, how to be able to use a prep center. If you want to be hands off your inventory, like we are, we do not touch any of our inventory anymore. Uh, we did for many years and that was a bottleneck. It's some point. And so we outsource that and we have great facilities that take care of all the inventory and bundle it up for us and send it to Amazon. So it can really be a digital, um, no bad type of job if you want it to be that way. And I don't even like to say job. It is a business. <laughs> it is a business. Absolutely. All right. Your book, dream big step small. Is this like the, the culmination of things? Is it like a compilation of all the things you teach? Is it, is it your courses put into the book or, or something totally different? Thank you for asking that question. That's a great question. Actually, it doesn't, my book doesn't have a lot to do with Amazon at all. It's okay. really more about um, 
how, no matter what dream you have, no matter what idea or dream or business that you want to have, it doesn't even have to be business, is just kind of how I got from being in foreclosure and being a college dropout and being really broke my whole life to um, not only paying off thousands and thousands of debt, but actually creating income for myself and my family um, the way that we did it slow and steady and going from foreclosure to seven figures. And it's kind of a story of hope and inspiration, but also very practical. At, at the end of every chapter, there's a list of you know practical steps that you can take to get closer to your dream, whatever that nice. is, because it really is about those small steps. There's a gap between, for almost anyone, <laughs> there's a gap between where you'd like to be and where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just about taking the very next step in the process for you to get from here to closer to that. And as you continually take those steps, you find yourself closer and closer nice. to your in a perfect world scenario, which is something we cover in the book. I know there's no such thing as a perfect world, but that's kind of how we set where is yeah. it that we want to be in our perfect mm -hmm. world? What are we doing? What, how, what, where are we living? Who are we surrounded by? What does our day look like? And how do we slowly get to that point? And it's mainly mindset, right? Is that yes. what holds us back? Yeah. Very cool. Good job. So how many people do you have working for you? Well, between the two businesses, I have one, my business partner for my Amazon store, uh, my Amazon e-commerce business is my mother. Um, she came on around 2014 um, after I'd been doing it many years and found myself very much in the weeds. Um, she was looking to retire from her job or retire, get out of, she's yeah. not retired quite yet, but <laughs> she was a perfect uh, complement to the business. So we are full 50, 50 partners there. And we have a warehouse that, well, we hired a warehouse that does these things already for other people. And so we have that. We have one admin that helps us with our admin tasks and things like that. He's virtual as well. Um, so there's that business. And then in Mommy Income, it's uh, myself. And then I have uh, four other team members. The, one of them is my just she's executive director of everything mommy income she's my magical unicorn she is wonderful and amazing um, and then we have a social media team a video and audio editing team and a couple other freelancers that we work with nice so if i was to bump into any one of these people on the road and ask them what type of leader you are what would they tell me what kind of leader are you let's do that and literally let me listen in <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would like to say that uh, they would, they think that I am open to new ideas. I'm open to feedback. Um, I'm communicative to a point, but I definitely am not a micromanager. I set expectations and um, as far as this is what I would like to have, but input is always necessary. I feel like it's, it's a group effort. Um, we're all leading towards the same thing of wanting this mommy income company to reach the mission. And we want it to be reaching over a million um, people that want to start and grow their own businesses. And so as that being the mission of helping other people, um, I, I would hope that everyone is in alignment with that that no one's afraid to come and ask me for anything or put in new ideas or have a perspective that maybe I haven't considered. Um, I know my, at least Maureen has told me many times I, I'm a very generous and um, listening leader. I really want to make sure everybody is comfortable in their role. And if there's changes and flexibility that need to happen, I am, I'm extremely flexible on those things. So awesome. I would hope that those are the things that people say, but those are um, that's all my perspective. Yeah. Those are all great qualities for a leader. That is awesome. <laughs> um, so now let's talk about courage. Where did you find the courage to 
and I know you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the um, issue with your husband being hurt and losing his job or being out of a job for a while. And then the foreclosure and everything like that, was it necessity? And where did you find the courage to say, I can, I can do this rather than, you know, cause some people, things like that happen to them. They kind of curl up in a little fetal position and just wait for the world to pass by. <laughs> and you said, no, I I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to make it happen. Where'd that come from? I think it's a combination of that. First and foremost, I am a God girl. I have faith in God and I do trust the scripture. And Joshua 1.9 is something that I'm always um, going over in my head. Um, but those are also sometimes just words on a page. And when you really need a hug, you need a hug, right? So um, it, it really is is about you know knowing that um, God will be with me wherever I go. And where I am right now is not where I have to be. It's in my moment and it's my truth in the moment. I remember sitting... Um, the last day that we were moving out of what I thought was going to be my forever home uh, and turned out not to be mm -hmm. with the foreclosure. And it was like the last day going through, picking everything up that was maybe left over. The truck was loaded. And I remember sitting in the living room with the ugly cry. So although I didn't stay there long, I did do the whole curl up, want to die, you know, mascara down your whole face, kind yeah. of crying and just being like, this is literally my life right now. <laughs> and seeing the crayon marks on the wall from it was behind the cat where the couch used to be and all that stuff and looking at that you realize you have a choice i can sit here in these empty walls looking at the crayon marks mourning all that i have lost and i certainly did that for a period of time but it has to be camping rather than your forever home you're camping yeah. there for a minute you're feeling all your emotions yeah. those things were very real but then i realized this is not where I want to stay. This I, I'm forced to not stay here. So part of it was necessity of like brave or not, we have to make different choices. Um, but I think that the bravery, the bravery and the courage really comes in when you survey the choices that you have and say, things are going to be hard. And that's what I really cling to. Is it like, um, you know, foreclosure is hard and it's, it's vulnerable and it's embarrassing and humbling and terrible in the moment, but it's also hard to sit with constant fear and worry and depression and things like that. So I thought, well, I can make one choice today to get closer to where I want to be. And right now where I want to be seems like 10,000 miles away from sitting in this empty foreclosed home that I'm about to walk out of for the last time. Yeah. And so I think the hope there is also, this really can't get much worse. So what's one choice I can make today to make it better? And people always ask about fear um, and, and being scared at the same time as bravery. And I say, you know what, I'm scared to death most of the time for most of the choices I make. Sure. But I always weigh the, the idea that either way is going to be hard. Staying stuck is hard and moving forward yeah. into the unknown is hard, but that has more promising results. So I'm going to try that instead. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm not afraid to fail. I think that's another that's awesome. thing that maybe is just natural or it's just something somewhere in me that's just like, I don't, I, I'd rather right. have failure than regret. I don't want to sit and go, I wish I would have, could have, should have, because you can't undo that, yeah. but you can fix failure. So yeah. I choose to fall on my face regardless and hoping that I'll learn something and change something rather than sitting there going, I should have made that choice instead. Yeah. No, that's absolutely hundred percent. I, I wanted to be, uh, wanted to go to law school. So I applied to these big law schools and was rejected. And people go, oh, so sad. It's like, no, it's not sad. At least I tried. At least I'm out there. And I'd rather know, have a no and, and, and things and then just think, well, what if I never tried? What if I never actually got out there? So that's perfect. Love that. One choice today. And if people could focus on that, the small steps, right? Dream big, step small. 
What can I do today to get me a little bit closer to that and just do that consistently? Absolutely. And the word you just said is absolutely what I'm teaching on a regular basis. It's what you do consistently that gets you the results. I mean, you know, you, you look at some of the, the elite athletes out there, um, you know, people like Tiger Woods. And if you even look at his life and some of the things that we've publicly seen happen, whether it's between relationships or failures or drugs, or even a tragic car accident, what he never does is sit on the sidelines and go, oh, well, I screwed up. Yeah. I guess I'm over. Life's over for me. Yeah. He's like, no. I am going to try again. And I am going to train just as much of like an athlete as I was before. And I can, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I can make a difference, but it's about that consistency. What you do every single day adds up to the results that you will get. It's yep. not about, you know, Tiger Woods doesn't go out there and go, I'm going to hit a bucket of balls today. And then again, next Saturday, and maybe two weeks from then. I mean, cool. your results are a direct um, consequence, if you will, yeah. of all of the work that you put in. So consistency, no matter what the consistency looks like, being consistent is a hundred percent one of the keys to any success. Absolutely. And, and the, the athletes like Tiger, they have coaches for everything. If I'm struggling with this, I have a coach to help me with that. If I'm struggling with this, I have a coach. So if mm -hmm. people are interested in, in doing, uh, FBA stuff with Amazon, um, they need to find a coach like you yes. come in and take one of your programs. How long are your programs? Are they, are they a set time period? Is it a year long thing or is it an ongoing? It's, it's an ongoing thing. So a wholesale bundle system is a fully video digital course that comes with also transcripts for those who um, prefer reading or closed mm -hmm. captioning and things like that. It's all video based and short, uh, no video is longer than 15 minutes. You can take yes. it at your own pace. You can practice all that. And then I have ongoing support after that in the form of a membership group where there's um, monthly group coaching sessions and additional trainings provided. And even on top of that, if you need more personal service, I do offer one-on-one coaching for those that just have those pressing questions and need kind of some face-to-face -face time. So uh, yeah, nice. I totally agree that a coach and a mentor is really, really important when you're doing something new and you're desperate to succeed at that. Yeah. Having someone to show you the way is really, really important. Yeah. And that's not a weakness asking for help. That's a strength. You know that you're, you don't have what it takes to do this. Ask for help. I love that you said that because it's so true. We all often, especially, I'm going to say, especially women, just because maybe that's my perspective and all the women that I've coached and talked to, um, it's like, they have this hidden something in their head that says that that's like, it's weak to ask for help. And I don't right. know what I'm doing. Well, right. you don't know what you don't know. And, and like you said, even the elite, the elite among us in whatever um, sure. industry they're in, they have coaches and mentors and therapists and um, trainers and all of the different things to make them um, and help them be the very best they can be. So why not? business owners and entrepreneurs that need all of that as well. Cause guess what? We don't know it all and we're not supposed to. So exactly. getting help where you need it is just, it's just wise. Absolutely. And there's always new things coming up. Like you said before, one of the uh, types of courage we talk about on the podcast is intellectual courage, being able to set aside your long held beliefs, set aside the knowledge you have to make room for new knowledge. Cause there's always new stuff coming out. So be open to that. Um, on a, on a personal note, mommy income. Do you let guys in on those groups too? Or is it only mommies? 
Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I know that was a, a branding thing from a while, from years ago, and I have just stuck with it because it's just my truth. It's, I was the mommy making the income. And so I called it mommy income instead of mommies, just because yeah. that was just, didn't seem right to me at the moment, but um, mommy income is just a way for that as I was the mom making the money. So I am kind of married to that brand and I, it, it gives wiggle room to expand when I need <laughs> there to. You go. Um, Do you have yes, guys? We have do you have we guys have joining your groups? Men, Good. Dads, moms, non-moms, you know, all, just yeah. any and everyone is welcome. As a matter of fact, this is my first workshop that I just did that was about 50-50 uh, nice. male and female. So um, nice. that was really nice to be able to uh, do that across the board. Very cool. Yeah. And like I said, we're getting ready to go digital nomad. And this is a perfect opportunity for somebody who wants to travel, who wants to go out and do things. As long as you stay with your business consistently and do what you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Absolutely. Very cool. Kristen, this has been awesome. If people want to learn more about you, about Mommy Income, about your uh, the Amazon Files podcast, Dream Big, Step Small, your book, um, if they want to sign up for one of your courses, how do they do that? Where can they find you? What's your website? Mommyincome.com. And Perfect. I am Mommy Income on all of the social channels. So um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the YouTube channel has a wealth of information, lots and lots of videos Huge. on Mommy Income yeah. YouTube. The Amazon Files is the podcast there and just everything Mommy Income, you can go there, you can find a copy of the book there, you can nice. um, subscribe to the podcast, all those things, everything is on mommyincome.com. Very cool. And your courses, is there a waiting list or can they just start whenever they start? Um, they can start whenever they start. And that's the wholesale bundle system is the whole system to help you um, kind of start and grow and learn from there. So um, lots of different options on the website. Very cool. Excellent. All right. I will have all those links in the show notes for everybody so they can uh, reach out and get in touch with you and hopefully start taking your course so they can start their own business. And uh, yeah, dream big, step small, but start smart and get some help. Good job. All right, Kristen, thanks again for being on the podcast. Listeners, hope you guys were taking notes um, because there's a lot of good takeaways from this. Definitely check out mommyincome.com and look for the Amazon Files podcast and dream big, step small. And um, share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues, anybody who's thinking about an FBA business and uh, stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan saying so long for now. <laughs>